Welcome to a milestone Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. Why do we call it Drilling Deep? We do so because we talk about oil, we talk about diesel that comes from oil, and you can't get the oil unless you drill for it. We also drill deep with a guest of the week on this edition. It's Mike Roth of the North American Council for Fuel Efficiency, or for Freight Efficiency, I should say. How do we get data from Atri that showed in the last 10 years the fuel cost of operating in a truck fell twice as fast as the price at the pump? Mike's going to share his views. I say that this is a milestone drilling deep because it is the last one that is just audio. We're, we've been kind of unique here at FreightWaves in that this is our only podcast or show or whatever you want to call it that operates that way. What that means is that when you go to FreightWaves TV, which you can see whenever you go to FreightWaves.com, Drilling Deep will now be available in that 24-hour stream of our various video offerings. You can also get it on demand, just like you can with the audio podcast that's been providing steady commentary and observations for coming on three years now. We'll be right there now with What the Truck, Freight Waves Now, Great Quarter Gals, and all the other various Freight Waves offerings on Freight Waves TV. See you there, and you can see me. But we have some business to take care of. Let's talk about the crazy diesel market, which a week ago, as I recorded this show, was wrapping up a string of increases that had added about 57 cents per gallon to the CME futures price for ultra-low sulfur diesel. And now most of those gains have been reversed, and we're right about where we were two weeks ago, with the futures price on CME settling Thursday at $3.56.12 per gallon. Two weeks ago, the price was $3.61.74 per gallon. So that's really just about a maybe a five and a half cents swing over two weeks. But in the but to get there was just crazy. One of the factors I want to talk about here is the dollar. Commodities priced in dollars inevitably have an inverse relationship with the value of the greenback. If the dollar is stronger, that puts downward pressure on the commodity. That doesn't mean commodities always go down if the dollar goes up. But if you get sustained movement in either direction, it's going to affect the price of the dollar-based commodity like oil. And in the last week, the dollar has been on an absolute upward tear. The most widely accepted index of the value of the dollar is the DXY index, which trades on the ICE Commodity Exchange. Since August 11th, it has added about 500 basis points to the index. In the world of currency, that is just a crazy move. Swings in the dollar tend to be a lot less strong. I don't know how to exactly extrapolate that number out to what a move like that in the stock market would be, but let's just say if you owned a stock that moved that much higher that fast, you'd be pretty happy. With the dollar rising, it's put downward pressure on oil. I will tell you that on August 11th, the price of West Texas, in West Texas Intermediate Crude was 94.34, and with a decline in the value of the dollar, it settled Wednesday of this week at 89.55, and on Thursday, it moved again lower. Diesel didn't do that, didn't do it that much. That increase that I spoke of earlier came even as the dollar was strengthening. But part of that is that the diesel contract on CME is not as much of a financial asset play as West Texas Intermediate. So there aren't that many traders out there who are going to play the diesel to dollar spread. But once you get the dollar dropping as much as it has, or dollar rising, excuse me, as much as it has, and you get crude oil getting pulled down, you're eventually going to see that spill over into diesel. That drop in diesel is happening even after we got another weekly U.S. inventory report that showed the market is not building stocks heading into winter. U.S. inventories of ULSD stand at about 80% of the five-year average. That's extremely bullish. But there's another factor working to push down diesel prices these last few days, 
and that's the price of European natural gas. The Dutch TTF price is down 25% in just the last five days. And as I mentioned before here, one of the things that has been keeping diesel higher is the prospect of high natural gas prices pushing some uses toward diesel and other petroleum products instead. A lower natural gas price helps slow some of that conversion. That can help keep the market in check. I have no idea where the price of diesel will be next week. One thing you're seeing in the commentary about oil markets recently is that some market veterans who have been around a long time are talking about this nutty volatility as something that they've just never really seen before. Down $3 one day, up to the next, and then down 4 and so on. While we're living in uncertain times regarding oil, that sort of volatility is starting to look pretty much unprecedented. There's news out there driving markets, but there's not that much news. So if your head is spinning over price moves, I assure you, you're not the only one. We're going to move on now here on Drilling Deep with our guest of the week. A few weeks ago, Atri released its annual study of trucking costs. Atri is the American Transportation Research Institute, and it's an arm of the American Trucking Associations. I sat down to write the story for FreightWaves, and the problem was we had gotten a little busy here when it first came out, and we were a little behind on publishing it. So I had to find a new angle so that we just didn't repeat what everybody else had written. And what was great was that the new angle was, in my mind, the most interesting part of the report anyway. When I looked at the data, it was that in 2021, the average fuel cost per mile for a truck was 47.1 cents. In 2012, which is how far back the report had data, it was 64.1 cents per mile. You know, this may sound odd in the middle of the recent surge in fuel prices, but I will tell you that 2012 was no picnic when it came to oil costs. Brent crude oil that year was near $100 for most of the year. So that's a drop of almost 35% in the average cost per mile. But the average fuel price at the pump, uh, based on EIA data, between 2012 and 2021, dropped just about 17%. In other words, the fuel cost for operating a truck fell twice as fast between 2012 and 2021 as the drop in the price of fuel. Remember, the fuel data does not include this crazy year of 2022. So when I read that, the first name that came to mind was Mike Roth. I just knew that I wanted to speak to him here on uh, here on uh, Drilling Deep and get his views on it. Mike is the executive director of the North American Council for Freight Efficiency. I think, Mike, we've had you on Drilling Deep previously. And um, yeah, his yeah, group, among great. other things, yeah. Anyway, his, his group, uh, among other things, manages the Run for Less competition, which seeks to have drivers compete to operate a truck more efficiently. So, Mike, welcome back to Drilling Deep. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. It's uh, exciting to dig, dig into this. Um, such interesting times we have with these high fuel costs. And, uh, you know, it does remind me of, in many ways, of where we were back in the early 2010s with fuel at $4 a gallon for four years, if you remember right. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to share some of our learnings and thoughts on uh, fuel efficiency in our heavy-duty tractors out in North America. All right, well, before we get to the meat of this, why don't you talk a little bit about NACFE, N-A-C-F-E? Yes, the North American Council for Freight Efficiency. We were started in 2010, and so here we're going into our, we're in our 12th year. Uh, we are an unbiased nonprofit that's supported by, uh, you know, corporations that that really see a need for better and, and more credible information when it comes to these technologies uh, to burn less fuel. And when I say burn less fuel, 
you know, we view that in sort of three ways. One is burning less diesel fuel in our trucks, whether it's medium duty to heavy duty, um, moving to uh, a zero emission future. So what do electric trucks and hydrogen trucks look like? And then there's the third part, which we call the messy middle, and that's things like renewable natural gas and hybrids and those things that, um, you know, will maybe replace, you know, alternatives that could replace diesel in, you know, in the shorter middle term here until we get out into the future where we can really be zero. So uh, we, uh, we we really like what we do and feel like we're adding value. So a lot of information uh, to see at nacfe.org, N-A-C-F-E.org, or as you mentioned, Run On Less. So runonless.com, where we've had three major events looking at the best of the best in trucking um, with respect to efficiency and electric trucks. All right, so we'll get to Run On Less a little more, but l- let's talk about these numbers that I went over, which you know I'll sum up again that the, uh, the, 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 the average fuel cost for operating a truck fell twice as fast between 2012 and 2021 as the average, as the price of fuel at the pump. That seems impossible, but the only way that that can be done is greater efficiency. Is it a lot of little things or was there a home run in there somewhere that created that kind of change? Yeah, it's really the former. It's a lot of little things, but, you know, kind of before I go there, I really appreciate the analysis you did here, John, because, you know, too often the trucking industry and particularly the fleets, they look at burning fuel as a cost of doing business, you know, that oftentimes when when fuel is expensive, rates go up, we got this um, diesel fuel surcharge. And so often, too often we hear, well, okay, yeah, fuel's up, but so are, is our revenue. But they're, in, they're not linked at all. Um, you can save fuel and you can still get that revenue. And that's where winning, I think, really occurs in, in operating these trucking fleets, whether you're one truck or 10,000 trucks. Um, so that that's really important. And yes, so uh, sort of um, separating the diesel fuel price at the pump from the MPG that we're seeing out in the fleet is uh, is a great place to start. So congratulations, and, and you did a great job in your story on that. So how did this happen? So we came out of the uh, 20 years of, of uh, EPA emissions regulations with trucks in the early um, 2010s that were challenged from fuel economy. We actually lost some fuel economy, but it was all these technologies emerging from aerodynamics on the tractor, the trailer, idle reduction, better tires, um, tools for tire inflation, um, even things emerging like solar on tractors and trailers, which some would say, oh, how can that help? But uh, it's another one of, the, of those multiple little things. Um, the other, and so those, te- those technologies were being brought in by the truck manufacturers and so forth. The other thing we've seen between the 10 years between, you know, 2012 and 2021 was the effects of the greenhouse gas federal EPA uh, and NHTSA rules. So starting in 2014 and then with a step in 2017 and then now steps in 2021, 2024, 2027, the truck builders need to build more fuel efficient trucks to be in compliance with um, GHG. And what that's meant is they are bringing more of these technologies into their product offerings and at a cost that's acceptable, and we're starting to see scaling. So you combine um, what was, uh, you know, that sort of helpful uh, push or pull uh, with the technologies that were being developed and fleets have been buying more of these things and it's showing up. I mean, there were a few years in the middle of the decade where the jump between, say, a 20 18 model year tractor and a truck that a fleet might re- be replacing in 2014 or 2015 
you know, was one and a half MPG or some crazy huge number. And, you know, maybe it was going from seven to eight mile per gallon or so forth. Well, that savings in fuel at say a two or even three or four dollars in diesel almost paid for the uh, the cost of the truck. I mean, you know, we got to remember that, uh, you know, I ran some numbers for another interview that at six dollar diesel fuel and 100,000 miles a year and six mile per gallon. And you know, we're talking about eighty thousand dollars in fuel per year. And so, okay, it's not $6, dial it back to whatever you want. It's still a huge cost. And um, so a lot of different um, things attributed to it. And we're starting to see it in the total IFTA burned, where all trucks are starting to show an improvement up from, you know, kind of a five and a half, six mile per gallon level to, um, you know, the high sixes in the, uh, uh, you know, kind of sort of when you look at all heavy tractors hauling trailers around the country and the billions and trillions of gallons and miles they travel. Um, so, no, it's real. And um, efficiency is uh, is really helping the industry. You know, I want to come back to something you said, and it really kind of struck me. You talked about fuel surcharges. And as I listen to quarterly earnings calls of trucking companies, you would think in an environment like this, they'd be talking about like, oh, fuel costs are killing us. And you never hear that. And that's because the fuel surcharges are, are doing such a great job passing that cost on to the shippers. Obviously, an independent owner operator that's not operating on a fuel surcharge, they've got to go out and make sure that they book a rate that's going to cover their fuel costs. So I'm not talking about them. But the, do fuel surcharges uh, maybe soften the drive for efficiency at all because it kind of becomes somebody else's problem? Yeah, I think I think there's a little of that, John. Um, and it, it uh, I think behind the curtain, um, all those fleets are working on efficiency and fuel efficiency and so forth. They uh, they tend to, to do that a little uh, quietly. And, and like I said, behind the curtain, um, they get it that they can lower their costs while they're, you know, getting a, a higher revenue. Um, but um, oftentimes they don't want to share publicly that they've got this fuel economy because that will then affect maybe their their negotiations with their shippers on contract rates and so forth. Um, but boy, we are we are seeing you know significant improvements. I mean, we've got fleets that we work with in our annual fleet fuel study that are having fleet wide fuel economy for general freight in the nine nine and a half mpg, uh, and that's huge. And particularly at these kind of fuel costs. Um, that's a lot of savings to the bottom line. Yeah, let, let's note that it has also happened in cars, though probably not as dramatically as it has in trucks, which convinces me that one of the reasons why the roads are so full, even at, well, we're below $4 gallon gasoline now, but when it was above $4, there didn't seem to be any, any drop in demand, at least on the roads. And uh, so you wonder whether, you, I mean, a couple of years ago, you might have thought that oh, diesel at five bucks is just going to kill this industry. And, and it isn't. Well, we need goods, right? So the the you know my, my, I've got a lot of friends that say, well, the freight's going to get moved, so we're going to move the freight, and we'll figure we're going to figure out how to do that. Whether the uh, you know costs are high, whether we're in a pandemic or whatever the challenges are, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move the freight, and so it's a matter of of doing it um, uh, well, and uh, you know carriers making making money doing it. So we don't know where fuel prices are going, but what I do know is working on. Um, these these uh, measures to save fuel, it's going to help you in costs. It's going to help you in your greening because one of the things we're seeing in trucking is a lot of demands around sustainability from uh, major shippers, smaller shippers, board of directors um, are asking uh, these carriers, you know, what are you doing around sustainability? So if you can prove and show that you've moved from six to six and a half to seven mile per gallon, 
uh, that's a that's a big deal, not just, uh, you know, in, in your sustainability efforts. So, again, some of those discussions are more kind of behind the scenes. Um, you know, one of the things that that I should mention is how you operate the truck, um, you know, slowing down speed kills MPG. And so the difference right now from going 68 to 65 or 64 um, is big money at these kind of fuel costs. So, um, you know, if you can slow down, still get there, maybe get to the truck stop half an hour later or get home a little later, still within your hours of service and go slower, you're going to save a lot of money. And um, it's it's a lot more than people think um, when you look at, at the savings. For every one mile per hour, it's a 0.1 mpg, uh, you know, directionally yeah, speaking. Yeah. It de- it's huge. It's huge. I mean, so five mile per hour, uh, t- five tenths of a mile per gallon, um, that's thousands of dollars a year on a tractor trailer. Uh, let's talk about, you talked about fleets that you thought were, that you, not that you thought, but that you knew were in the, the nine to nine and a half range. How are we on the road to 10? I guess that's kind of a holy grail in this industry, the idea that you can get 10 MPG in an 18-wheeler. Yeah, you know, I thought it couldn't happen. Um, but, you know, back in 2017, in our first run on less, we had seven truckers and they averaged 10.1 mile per gallon over, over three week period of time. And, um, you know, I stood on the stage in Atlanta and said, you know, I was shocked at 10, 10.1, maybe not shocked, but <laughs> I was surprised. Uh, you know, I was thinking more in the low nines. Um, and, and they had a, th- those three weeks, there were two hurricanes, one in Texas, one in Florida, a lot of challenges moving freight. So this wasn't a, you know, we didn't game this thing to get a big number. Um, so it can be done. And in the five years, six years since 2017, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, continue to see an evidence in the HRE report improvements in fuel economy across not just the few fleets, but but a lot of others. But the difference between, you know, being a, a nine, nine and a half, you know, if you're a, if you're a fleet, you know, we track a number of fleets in the, you know, 300 trucks to 800 trucks that are that are in this level. You know, if you're going to have fleet wide fuel economy in the low nines, you've got a number of of individual truckers on individual routes doing 10, 10 and a half, 11. And so, um, you know, it can be done. How it's done is that they end up doing most all of those little things that you said some time ago in, in, you know, in this podcast where they're working on tires and aerodynamics. They're, they're pulling trailers that are aerodynamic. They're, they're thinking about speed. They're, uh, they're using adaptive and predictive cruise control to manage some of those hills and valleys really well and using the, you know, the computers on the, on the truck to help the driver, you know, assist them, you know, they're called ADAS, a driver assisted safety, but they're also um, fuel efficiency um, uh, tools as well. And so you just add all those things up, you know, we actually track 85 different technology features available on trucks uh, to get better fuel economy. And so, you know, somebody that's doing close to 10, you know, they're doing a majority of those things. Let's talk about run on less. I was, I, sorry, I, I think I called it run for less earlier. It is a program of NACFI. Uh, it has numerous events. Did those events get kind of thrown off track by the pandemic? And do you have another big one coming up? Yeah, no, we, we delivered. So, um, we did, uh, uh, seven diesel long haul tractor trailers in 2017, in 2019, we did run on less regional where we focused on mostly day cabs. And we had 10 um, truckers from 10 really bigger fleets in that one. We had UPS, Schneider, JB Hunt, uh, Meyer, you know, see a, a number of um, groceries and so forth. But in that case, all of those trucks returned to base every day or two. And in both cases, we put up big MPG numbers. And what the run does 
is combines data off of the truck. So we put data loggers on the trucks and, and capture that data and push it to a dashboard live for those three weeks. And then we all augment that with a lot of videos and personal stories from the truck drivers, maintenance people, truck builders, and others. And so um, what we did in 2021 during the pandemic is we went out, we gathered 13 battery electric trucks. Um, This time for the first time, the run went smaller um, uh, in in addition to larger. So we had three vans and step vans, three medium duty box trucks, three terminal tractors, and four heavy regional day cab tractors um, all thir- and these were these all electric yeah all were battery electric um all in shorter hauls um you know the the biggest single day miles was in a heavy tractor at 185 um that's about what it was designed for um and we delivered that during 2021 in the middle of the pandemic so we made 13 visits to every one of these sites 91 interviews out in the field um, talking about everything from maintenance to driver's acceptance to uh, routes to charging infrastructure, all kinds of things. And so there we learned a lot. We learned a lot about what's working, what's not working, what it takes to scale, uh, how much power we're going to need, what is the grid ready, um, and on and on. Um, but one, but I guess a couple of things we learned. One is drivers really love these trucks. I mean, they are truly a big golf cart. And, you know, we think that automated manual transmissions and and so forth, but you know, these, these, uh, these, uh, these trucks are really easy to drive and good to drive. And I've said since the run in 2021, run on less electric, that this will attract drivers and really help our, our shortage, um, uh, both in small delivery vans all the way up to big trucks. And then just, um, we're seeing these trucks, uh, you know, they're, they're simpler, you know, you hear all the, well, there's no moving parts. And I kind of chuckle at that a little because there are a lot of big expensive parts in a uh, battery electric truck, but, they truly are proving their reliability here in these these early stages. I mean, it's uh, you know no after treatment, a lot less moving parts. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So um, uh, we'll see. Uh, we're we're, we're um, uh, buckling up our our suspenders and getting ready for a run in twenty twenty three. It'll likely be around scaling electric trucks, but we're not sure yet. But um, the run has become a, a really important thing for the industry. So you've got a run-on-less event coming up in 2023. It sounds like it's going to be batteries as well. Yeah, we're just getting started on the planning. But, um, you know, with run-on-less in 2021, run-on-less electric, we, we proved that the trucks are here. Batteries can do it for the shorter haul market um, and city and urban medium duty and heavy trucks. So now it's a matter of, okay, well, um, it looks like that's that's a, you know, a really good thing and going to scale. The next big challenge is the infrastructure. How do we charge these trucks? And what we'll see is depot charging. So charging at home, like we saw in cars, charging in garages. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing uh, the early adopters here. And it's a pretty big segment of trucks that don't travel more than 200 miles. Um, you know, on the order of, you know, maybe 30 to 50% of hey, even heavy tractors. I mean, not all trucks go 500 miles and sleep at a truck stop. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of city, drayage, other trucks. So what we're um, planning to do in 2023 is um, focus on depots who are scaling electric trucks. Those who have maybe a couple of dozen uh, trucks that are that are charging on site and then uh, making their runs and doing their operations. And this will help us learn what these early adopters are doing to help scale and help uh, followers uh, get into the electric truck business. Do you run the risk, since you're focusing on run on less toward electric now, that'll be two times in a row, do you run on risk of maybe slowing your information stream on what's going on with the vast majority of trucks, which are diesel? 
Yeah, that's always a concern. But, um, you know, we believe with the 2017 and the 2019 runs, we, we really learned a ton there. And that was sufficient to help guide us. I mean, we continue to do confidence reports and our annual fleet fuel study uh, to help scale the the diesel truck um, technologies. And, you know, we're helping and following all of the rules around greenhouse gas uh, change in 2027, along with this NOx rule, as well as what could happen with greenhouse gas phase three into the 2030s. Kind of amazing we're talking about the 2030s. But, um, uh, you know, no, we don't feel like uh, focusing on electric trucks with the run takes us away from uh, helping to improve the efficiency of diesel trucks in the same time. We can chew gum and walk at the same time, John. Oh, that's good. I'm sure you can. I have no doubt. So I, I do hope that after you do uh, the 2023 run on less, that you will come back to Drilling Deep and you will talk about the results. So Happy to. Okay, so and when you do, Mike... Um, you will uh, you will be doing it in video for our listeners out there. Uh, all you've ever been able to do with Drilling Deep is listen to it because it hasn't been a, a video offering. But we're going to join the rest of the Freight Waves world starting next week with our uh, first video podcast. Uh, you can find it on Freight Waves TV. It'll I guess it'll still be available through all the the, fr- the podcast platforms, but it'll also be in the general cycle of video offerings that we have on Freight Waves TV, which which you can get at FreightWaves.com. So for the video, for the audio only side of thing, this kind of brings it to a close. We'll be launching launching video next week. We hope you will join us. I have been your host today, John Kingston. Uh, Our guest has been Mike Roth, the Executive Director of the North American Council of Freight Efficiency. And for better or for worse, next week, I'll be on video here on Drilling Deep. Thank you, and please join us again.